Well, greetings Encounter Church and uh, uh, those who are watching uh, on the media and those who are watching online and maybe people from other churches around the world, greetings and welcome. Great to have you here with us for this session and I trust you're going to be blessed by what I have to share with you. I wonder how many of you know that every one of us is called and designed by God to operate in the realm of the supernatural. You know, our Father's kingdom, heavenly kingdom, is a supernatural kingdom, and every one of us, as sons and daughters of the living God, are called to represent our Father, to carry His character and nature, but also to advance His kingdom. And to advance His kingdom, we need the power of the Holy Ghost. We need the supernatural dimension of the Holy Ghost. How can we advance the kingdom of God without that? Jesus said, if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come. So he equated the coming of the kingdom with the movement of supernatural power. So I want to encourage you and exhort you and get you activated tonight to start to stir up and flow back into the gifts of the Spirit. I want to share a message tonight called Stir Up the Gift of God. Yeah? Stir up the gift of God. And let's read from 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 6 and 7. And he says, I remind you. Uh, we have to be reminded over and over and over. We have to constantly be stirred up and brought back into remembrance. He says, I remind you to stir up the gift of God. Stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands or impartation through the laying on of hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. He has given us a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. Now, Paul is writing as an apostle, as a spiritual father. He's writing to a young man in ministry, a son in the faith that he had raised up. And uh, Timothy seemed to have no father or there was no father there. It's, it's recorded who his mother and grandmother were. They were people of faith. But uh, Paul took him under his wing and now uh, he's got him in ministry. But there's a struggle going on inside him. Uh, as a young man in a culture where age is very important, he's being intimidated and he's beginning to draw back from flow in the supernatural. And so Paul is writing to him as a father to a son and he's exhorting him, stir up the gift of God that lies in you through the laying on a hand. So how about that? There's a few things come to mind immediately. The first is that the giftings of God, the movements of the Spirit of God, can be imparted through the laying on of hands, often with prophetic word. And uh, Paul has had to remind Timothy of this. This is the second reminder. He had to remind him in 1 Timothy 4.15. And he said, don't neglect the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands, but rather meditate and give yourself to them and uh, that your profiting may appear to everyone. So tw two letters, twice now, he's gone through the same thing of uh, encouraging him to activate the supernatural in his life, not to draw back and live out of the natural, live out of uh, a realm or a safe zone, but to live in the risk zone, the faith zone of seeing God move and touch people's lives. So we see firstly there that gifts are imparted through the laying on of hands. He's saying stir up the gift of God that's in you. So notice there that gifts can become dormant, and we'll look at why just shortly, uh, that you can have once been operating in a gift and now you're not flowing in it anymore. And then thirdly, you, it is possible for you to take steps of action to stir up the gift. Uh, in other words, that was that word stir up mean? The word stir up means 
to blow on a fire which is once a blazing fire and it's gone and it's just just little embers there there's still a glow there's still some heat there there's still something there there's still a bit of fire there and 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 you it's like blowing on it and kindling it up until finally it bursts back into fire and there's a blazing fire again and that's that's for, for many of you here tonight who are watching god is wanting to stir and activate the gift in your life again it was once flowing and now it's not flowing now it's shut down and you've drawn back and when's the last time you prophesied when's the last time you had a word of knowledge when's the last time you cast out a demon when is the last time you prayed for the sick when is the last time you operated in the supernatural if it's been a while then you need to stir up the gift of god this is for you today and uh, I want to encourage you, we're going to pray for you at the end and believe for God to activate many of you so you start to flow in the Spirit back again. So notice there that he gives them a command. Here's the command, stir up, stir up, activate, get moving into action, the gift of God again. Now, I'll give you some, uh, some practical keys on how to do that shortly. So, but there's a few things that come uh, that are very clear around the gifts of the Spirit. So let me just give you a few things related to them. Number one, every believer is called by God to operate in the supernatural, to operate with the supernatural gifts of God. We see that in 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 7. 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 7. Now to every man is given the manifestation of the Spirit. And then he goes on and talks about the gifts of the Spirit. To every man is given. So God obviously, and it says the purpose of it is very simple. To every man is given the gifts of the Spirit or the manifestation, something clearly visible and seen for the building up of the church, the building up of people. So God expects every believer to be a builder, a son. The word son means a builder. God expects you to be a builder of lives and so he empowers you, anoints you with the Spirit, and gives you access to the gifts of the Spirit so you can build lives. Prophetic word imparts faith, it imparts courage. Words of knowledge open up people's life for ministry, um, uncover areas of need in their life. Gifts of, uh, of healing, heal and, and touch their body, touch the places in the heart they're broken. So there are many, many manifestations of the Spirit, ways that God does it. You don't have to necessarily follow some way, but you do need to be stirring it up. So we see, first of all, then, that uh, every believer, God has designed every believer to function in the giftings of the Spirit. And so he expects us to do that. That's part of your mandate. Secondly, every believer is of God is called to build others. And uh, we see in 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 12, excel in building up the church. Excel in building up the people of God. So one area that God wants us to have is that we will excel. It means we, we stand out. We stand out what? Not stand out because we're spiritual, not stand out because of a great gift, but stand out because we're moved by love to build up other people. We're to excel in building the lives of other people. So 1 Corinthians 12 he tells us that every believer is given a gift of the Spirit or the manifestation of the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 13, he talks about the importance of being moved by love and what love looks like. And then 1 Corinthians 14, he says, now excel, seek 
In other words, work at this thing. In other words, pursue building, excelling, standing out in building the church, building up people. You know, there's so many people out there, all they do is criticize and tear down people. That's not what this has in mind here. That's not building the house of God. That's destroying the house of God with your words. You become a mouthpiece for a demonic spirit. You're an enemy of what God is doing. You're opposed to him. And God doesn't want us to be like that. He wants us instead to excel in building. Excel in building. Okay, here's another one there. It, there is a constant spiritual warfare goes on to shut you down operating in the gifts of the Spirit. There's a constant spiritual warfare. We see that in verse, uh, let's have a look at it in Ephesians chapter 6. Let me look it up for you, Ephesians chapter 6. And we look it up and it's in verse 10 through to 12. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of the ages, against wicked spirits in the heavenly realm or the spirit realm. So he's saying it's important to develop a strong life because there is a conflict going on all the time. You are engaged in a warfare. When you become into the when you come into the kingdom of God, you become anointed with the Holy Spirit, you will then start to access a realm of spiritual warfare that you have never seen before. You'll begin to understand the reality of the spirit world around us that is opposed totally to us advancing the kingdom of God. The Bible is very clear there are two kingdoms in conflict and it's like the place or the territory through which or out where the, the conflict is outworked is the earth. It's in relationships. It's among people. It's in families. It's in marriages. It's in businesses. There's an outworking of that conflict in those areas. And so there's, that conflict goes on all the time. When you're born into the kingdom of God, now you're in an army which is now called, as a son, you're called to advance the kingdom of God, to advance God's interest, God's rule. That puts you in direct conflict with demonic spirits. And so he says, we war, we war, not again. Well, some people don't wrestle at all. Some people just roll over and give up when pressure comes on. But the conflict is very real. I can remember starting out when I first connected into a church and started to understand about the reality of the things of the spirit. Our first experience after that was a, an encounter with a demonic spirit sent to terrify and terrorize us in our own home and shut down what God had planned for us to do in that school. God had raised us up and put us in this town, Danny Burke, so we could be part of facilitating a move of God among young people. And one of the first things that happens was an encounter with a demonic spirit. And instead of shutting down, I stood up and began to fight against it and push against it. And I would walk around the school and, and in, the, in the nighttime when the school was shut down and dark and speak against those spirit powers. I'd go into my bedroom, into my classroom and speak and take authority over those spirit powers. We are not to be overcome. Uh, it says, notice here in that scripture says, put on the whole armor of God that you can stand against the wiles. That's the cunning plans of the devil. What he wants to do is demoralize you, dishearten you. He wants you to shut down being a channel, a gate for the supernatural. And he'll do anything, and he'll use anything he can to stop you doing that. Stir up that gift, man of God. Stir up that gift, woman of God. There is a warfare. Stand out. Hey, you know, we're called to be soldiers of the Lord. 
So here's the next thing then. The gift of God can become dormant. The gift of God can become dormant. Notice what Paul wrote in, in 2 Timothy 1 and verse 6. Stir up the gift of God. Now, if you have to stir something up, it's because it was once burning very brightly and now it's diminished. It's become dormant. Dormant is not, not operating. Dormant is like it's gone to sleep. I wonder how many of you today, the flow and anointing of the Spirit is shut down. It's dormant. The gift of God is not functioning anymore. Wow. That's not a good place to be in. The word of Paul, the apostle to Timothy, is also my word to you. Stir up that gift. Stir it into life. So that raises a few questions then. Why do gifts of God, why is it the movement of the Spirit gets shut down? Why does it become dormant? What is going on here? Why is Paul having to write a second time to Timothy? Why is he having to tell him, listen, Timothy, stir it up. Stir it up. Get going, man. Don't sit around and, leave and, 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 and draw back. Rather, stir the gift up. There's a number of reasons. Here's the, the, the first one that's laid out. It's very clear. God has not given us a spirit of fear. So, very clear. Fear and intimidation. The fear of failure. The fear of taking risks. The fear of being rejected. The fear of getting it wrong. Sometimes people just don't step out because they might get it wrong. Well, listen, you might get it right. Isn't it better to take risks? The whole issue of fear has to do with preserving self. And uh, I have taught how to move in the gifts of the Spirit all over the world. And I, I came to realize that no matter what you teach, no matter how good the teaching and demonstrations and, and activations are, at the end it will always come down inside. There's this little warfare where you have to overcome fear and the desire to protect yourself from failing or looking silly or foolish in front of people. It has to do with an issue of dying to self, of bringing self to the cross so you can serve. That's why Paul wrote that love is so important because love for people, compassion for people will move you to take the risks for them. Think about how many times it says that Jesus was moved with compassion and then he stretched out and uh, flowed into the healing miracles. So developing a love for people will help you overcome that area. But I'll give you a couple of other practical ways as well. So, so fear. So, so in 2 Timothy 1.6, don't be afraid. God has not given us a spirit of fear. What God has given us is a spirit that's powerful and he's given us a sound mind and loving heart. And so God has given us those things. In, in 1 Timothy 4.15, he says, don't neglect the gift of God. So notice there that neglect where you just become careless, you treat it lightly, you underestimate its importance. I wonder how many of you are underestimating the importance of the gift God gave to you. Listen, it's not the size of it that counts. It's God gave you a gift, not for you, but to bless others. It's not for you. It's not about you. It's about you being used by God, an extension of him to bring blessing to others. It's important you don't neglect the gift. Treat it lightly, look down on it, or not actually work and function in it. Uh, passivity, passivity, where you start to just shut down and become passive. Uh, it can be because that's a lifestyle of being passive. So some people are sort of waiting for some great big thing to happen, not realizing God gives you responsibility to stir your spirit, stir your faith, stir and stretch out. So people who are passive, people who are passive are waiting for something to happen, waiting for a sign, waiting for something to happen, and uh, nothing happens. 
and so their passivity is increased. When people are living under the control of witchcraft, they become very passive as well. So are you being a passive person? You're sort of waiting for someone to ask you forward, waiting for someone to ask you to pray, waiting for someone to invite you to come and help them. Listen, that's not how it works. You need to front up and volunteer and have the passion inside you. Passion to serve, passion to love people, passion to come alongside them and help them. Just bring whatever of God you've got to them. So that's a reason. There's another reason that people uh, stop functioning in the gifts of spirit is unbelief. Unbelief where we actually just get hardened because of familiarity or we just become uh, full of unbelief because maybe the people we're surrounding ourselves with are not faith people. Perhaps there's overemphasis on teaching. If there's too much emphasis on teaching, faith tends to diminish and unbelief comes in. So a spirit of unbelief can quench us. Unbelief in the community can create an invisible wall that tends to shut your gift down. So you've got to get into fasting and prayer. Even the disciples couldn't cast out a demon, Jesus said in Matthew 17, 21, because of your unbelief. So we've got to stir and develop our faith. You're responsible to build your faith life, feed your faith. I'll look at a few examples of what to do shortly. Here's another reason, grieving the Holy Spirit. Grieving the Holy Spirit can cause him to draw back Ephesians 4 verse 30, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. We grieve him by our words. We grieve him by angry attitudes. We grieve him when we treat people badly. We grieve him when we allow uncleanness to get in our life. Just look at the context in Ephesians. You'll see the things that grieve him. And uh, we need to keep our heart uh, sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Grieving the Holy Spirit causes him to draw back and then we don't have that courage and confidence to flow anymore. Uh, quenching the Holy Spirit, 1 Thessalonians 5.19 says don't quench the Spirit. To quench means to throttle, to choke. It means to put a wet blanket. So how on earth do you quench the Holy Spirit? I thought he's so powerful. How can we quench him? Very simple. You quench him when you want to be in control. You quench him when you're inflexible. You quench him when you've got your own plan and you're rigid and don't give him room and you're not willing to surrender and allow him room to move, where you're insensitive to what he wants to do and you block it so you can achieve what you want to do. See, that's a, here's another thing that can stop you flowing in the spirit uh, and flowing in the gifts and that's unresolved offenses. Offenses are stumbling blocks. Offenses cause we can be offended with God because God didn't come through or we felt like God let us down or something didn't work out. We prayed and they didn't get healed. Man, I remember when I started praying for people, the first couple of people I prayed for died. I was pretty upset by that. I'm thinking, man, don't let me loose in that hospital anymore. <laughs> but I had to overcome the few experiences where nothing seemed to happen and persevere in growing faith. So don't get offended with God and offended with people or offended with leadership. You can't afford to let offenses get in there. Paul said, I, I exercise myself to keep my conscience void of offense towards God and towards people. So keep yourself free. Sometimes unresolved wounds and hurts. Were we disappointed or grieved? Disappointment's a big one. Now, people who are disappointed in God draw back from him. It's just a drawing back in the heart. You may still be coming to church, may still be reading your Bible, still, but there's a drawing back in the heart because you're disappointed through life's experiences. 
didn't work out like you thought it would and then there's a disappointment came in and before you know it you're starting to go cold and you're not tracking the risks of faith anymore you're actually more concerned about keeping yourself free from any more risk any more disappointment listen the life of faith is a life of risk taking there's a necessity to stretch out and and to to push past and to resolve those things and I've had to come before the Lord and acknowledge I let the fire go down, I let disappointment come in and I had to repent of embracing disappointment, release it to him and then stir faith again on the inside. So those are, those are some of the, the, the things around then this dimension of your need to stir up the gift of God. You are responsible for the gift God gave that you fulfill the ministry he's given you with it. So every one of us, we're responsible to keep ourselves activated and moving in the things of the Spirit. So how are we going to do that? How are we going to do that? Well, let me give you a few practical things, a few practical things that you can do. And um, uh, we'll put them into two headings. Number one is the preparation. That's the, the unseen personal work you should be doing at home uh, in order to build the kind of life that God will work through quite easily. And then secondly, just some practical things about getting and stepping out and stretching out. So we'll just abide. And I'll give you just a few simple, very practical things. We actually do need to have an intentional investment in our life, building our life. Jesus said that when you pray in secret, your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. So you can get impressed by people moving in the Spirit or doing these things, but you don't know what has been going on privately. There's always a work been going on privately. So let me give you just, uh, say, five simple things that you can put into your life. Remember, Paul said to Timothy, stir up or activate the gift. So there must be some things you can do. The first is to build your inner man, build your life, your personal life inside. So here we are, number one, once you feed your mind and your heart on testimonies of God moving, feed yourself, feed your inner life on testimonies of God moving because it tells us that the the uh, the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus when 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 people speak and testify there's an anointing release through their testimony so listen to testimonies or read testimonies they help build your faith and you you read stories of God moving listen while you're doing that why don't you cut down on your media that's not going to help at all to build your faith life it's totally against faith it's a narrative about uh, events that's got a very negative spin on it. So why don't you, for a season, why don't you do some fasting off media? So that's, that brings us to a second thing you can do, fasting. Start to build fasting as a way of life. Fasting off food, fasting off media. Those two things there will greatly help if you do other things to invest into yourself. And so fasting is a very, very powerful way that we can uh, activate our life and strengthen our spirit. In, my, in Matthew 6 and verse uh, 14, uh, 16 to 18, it says, when you fast in secret, then God will reward you openly. So fasting helps add power to prayer. Fasting doesn't manipulate God to do anything, but it does uh, make us sensitive on the inside. It humbles our, our inner man. It causes us to come in humility, leaning into God. And although it's unpleasant, uncomfortable, after a while you can get used to fasting as a lifestyle and come to embrace it, that it keeps you sharp and sensitive and not oversaturated with food, and particularly not oversaturated with media. Food and media will dull you. One will dull you in your physical body. The other will dull you in your mind and soul. So practice fasting regularly. So feed off testimonies. 
practice fasting, and then pray. Pray strongly in the spirit. Stir your spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 14. When you pray in the spirit, your spirit is praying. Verse 4, you building up your inner man. So you want to move in the things of the Spirit? Come on, start to add some length of time into praying in the Spirit. Start to get praying. Let your spirit start to rise up. Start to get your voice. Let your voice become strong. And put yourself into your praying. And as you do that, you'll find your inner man becoming energized with the life of God. And we just do that. Maybe you don't see anything too much happening initially. But after a while, the atmosphere and environment around you will have moved. The atmosphere will carry the presence of God. You'll start to find there's a life inside you, energy inside you. Come on, you can do that. Just commit yourself now. I'm going to work on building my tongues, praying in tongues, strongly in tongues, reaching out perhaps for another tongue, a new tongue, fasting off media, fasting off food, coupling it with my praying, starting to put testimonies in of God moving, all of those things are going to help stir your faith. Uh, develop intimacy with the Lord. In, in your times with the Lord, take some time to journal and listen for His voice. In Galatians 3 and verse 5, it says, How does He work miracles and minister His Spirit? How does he do it? Is it by the works of the law or is it by the hearing of faith? And the answer is very clear. It's not by working harder. It's by the hearing of faith. So if you're wanting to flow and stir and activate the gifts, they all operate out of hearing and being sensitive to the movement of the Holy Spirit. And so practice that on a daily basis. As you spend time with the Lord in the morning, why don't you spend a little bit of time in journal, write to Him and listen to Him and, and write back what He is saying to you. So you start to develop a flow where you're feeling the movement of the Spirit inside you. You're feeling His movement in prayer. You're shaking off the apathy and the indifference. You're, you're starting to stir and energize. Your, your mind and heart and spirit are becoming alive because of the testimonies. And, and now as you're starting to listen, you're starting to engage and hear the voice of God. That's the preparation needed to allow yourself to start to grow in the things and expand in the things of the Spirit, break out again. And then finally, the last one that will help with it is to meditate. In uh, 1 Timothy 4.15, Paul is saying, don't neglect the gift of God that's in you. And then he tells them what to do. He says, rather, meditate. Meditate in these things and give yourself to them. So we'll look at that part in a moment. Meditate. What do you mean meditate? He said the word meditate means to imagine, to revolve around in your mind over and over and over. So he's saying meditate on these things. He's talking about the gifts of the Spirit. He's talking about the flow of God's power. So why don't you meditate on God's power being within you? Meditate on the Scripture. Roll it over in your mind. Begin to speak it out over your life. I have an anointing of the Holy One, and I know all things. The Spirit of God, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, dwells within me and is quickening my inner body. See, see, start to stir your innermost being. Stir your inner life. You have to do that. And meditation is picture. See yourself moving with the presence of God. See yourself, and God is moving and touching people through you. See that in your life. See it long before you ever get out and pray for people. See yourself in the presence of God, standing in his presence, and he's reaching out to you, and you're responding in worship to him. So those are some simple keys that you can do which will help prepare your life for moving and flowing and breaking out on the Spirit, activating the gifts of God. 
Here they are again. Number one, feeding your mind and heart on testimony so your faith is growing. Number two was on fasting, fasting off media, fasting off food, building a lifestyle of fasting. Three was praying in tongues, strengthening and building your spirit man. Uh, four was cultivating intimacy with the Lord by listening to him. And, and five, meditation in the word of God. And uh, notice we saw in that scripture before in 1 Timothy 4.15, meditate and then give yourself. So there's the preparation work. We've described those five things that, that, that help prepare. You're, you're doing those things. You're spending time feeding off testimonies, listening and reading testimonies, watching testimonies. You're, 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 you're um, in strong prayer. There's in fasting. You're declaring and meditating. You could even call that gift of God to flow over your life. But now you've got to step out and do something. So here's a few things you can do. Here's a few practical things. Number one, look for opportunities. Just look for opportunities to pray for people. Don't wait for permission to pray for anyone. Ask, ask God to open doors of opportunity, to bring people to you that need help, to bring people to your life, to, to open up the way. In other words, don't just wait for it to happen. Expect God to do it. Lord, today, thank you. I'm available. I make myself available to you today. Lord, bring people into my life that are ready, that are open, that I give me an opportunity to pray for someone today. So just start to push in prayer and look for the opportunities instead of walking by them. That's the problem. We, in, in Luke 10, the, the Pharisee and the scribe walked past the opportunity of the man who was wounded. And so often we walk past the opportunities because most opportunities of God are inconvenient. And there's the problem right there. Because it's inconvenient, we don't want to do it. So, so, so look for the opportunities. Pray for the opportunities. Then stir yourself. Stir yourself. Offer to pray. Offer to pray for a person. And when you come to pray, stir up yourself to hear what God has to say. So you may just come to a person and say, well, let me just pray for you. Can I pray for you? Often people will let you pray for them. Can I pray for you? And then as you're praying, pray in the spirit, pray. But as you're praying, you are stirring yourself, remembering where you stood in prayer, in the presence of God, listening for the prompting of his spirit, listening for a flow from his spirit. And then just step out, start small. Start with a prophetic word. Start with a word of knowledge. Look, while I'm praying for you, I just sense this. Start quite simply. Don't make it religious. Just step out on an impression, a thought, uh, and, and see where God takes it with it. So, so, so take risks. You just have to take a risk. <laughs> That's the bit people struggle with, taking the risk. But you know what? You've taken a risk, a risk of succeeding a risk of stretching and growing, a risk of being used by God to work a miracle. You're taking a risk of God, a risk to, to see someone's life impacted and changed. You just don't know what your little bit you do can mean to them. Remember, it seems little to us because it's not for us, it's for them. But the little that God gives you can have a dramatic impact on a person's life because to them, it's like heaven opened and God will speak into them through you. Wow, that's so powerful. All may prophesy. So there's a good place to start. Just bringing a word of encouragement to people. Bringing a word of, uh, of, uh, that, that builds their faith, that helps strengthen them. Not telling them what to do. Don't do that. Our words are for encouragement and affirming them and, and strengthening them. Not to tell them off or to rebuke them, that kind of stuff. Don't go doing that. And so there it is. So, so, so if you feel God giving you something, just stay in that flow and, and continue to speak. If the person has sickness, well, just step out. Let me pray for you. 
let me pray for you. And where's the pain and what's happened? And, and okay, how long has it been like that? And where are you in pain? Or let me just pray for you right now. Just lay hands on them, begin to pray in the Spirit. As you pray in the Spirit, fix your mind on the Lord so you begin to go back into the place you're familiar with being sensitive to Him and hearing Him. You've been there every day. You're sensitive to His presence. And now you're looking for Him. And as you fix your mind on Him, then you open them to the flow of the Spirit. Wow. Is all so good. And then, you know, just welcome feedback, you know. We all need a bit of feedback. And uh, how was that? If you prayed for someone, and what changes there? Have you felt anything? Did you see anything? Did you experience anything? Did you feel anything? Has there been any change? If you're going to pray for someone for healing, don't ask, did you get healed? Ask them, has there been any change? What has been the change? Has the pain level gone down? A scale of 1 to 10, 10 being maximum and 1 being 0, being nothing there. Where are you now? Where were you? Where are you now? It's like just interact with people and uh, stir up that gift. And God is calling you to stir up that gift. I can sense it right now. There's some people there right now. God is wanting to help you. Now, you see, as I just start to allow myself to stretch, I'll start to feel the flow of God because he wants to stir you. There's some people here right now and you're struggling with disappointment. You've been disappointed. You, 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 you had plans. You stretched out. I see someone right now and you stretched out. You were believing for God to open a particular door for you. And it seems like everything was confirming that. And then it shut down on you. And you've been quite disappointed about that. You need to let that disappointment go. Let that disappointment go. Don't let that hold you back. Maybe you got it wrong. But don't focus on what went wrong. Focus on what God is doing, not what God is not doing. Focus on where God is not where he is not. Focus on what he's doing. Okay? And then there's, there's someone else there and, uh, and you've been hurt. Uh, you've come into uh, encounter. You've come from another church and you've been hurt quite seriously. Right now you need to let that go. God is moving to heal your broken heart right now and to take away the disappointment. You were falsely accused. You, were, uh, you, were, you had words spoken against you that were not true. They came from someone who was jealous of your ministry and complained about you. You need to let it go, release it, forgive it, bless that person right now. Uh, there's someone else here and you want to move very strongly in prophecy and that whole gift has been shut down because there was false accusations made. Listen, that's an attack of the enemy. Just push back on it. Let it go right now and start to stir that gift again. Uh, there's uh, someone else here and uh, I see you're struggling. You're struggling with uh, night torments. They've been going on for quite almost all of your life. You're a person in your 30s, you're struggling right now, uh, and you've been having for a season in your life these, these problems of recurring nightmares. That's a demonic manifestation because of divination operating in your mother's side of the family. God wants to set you free of that right now. I see a spirit come. I rebuke that spirit of divination. Loose him right now. Loose him right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Well, I want to pray. I'm running out of time right now. But I just want to pray right now for people to just be stirred. I want you just wherever you are, just lift your hands right up now. Just lift your hands. Lift your hands up. That's right. Close your eyes. I want you to begin, if you can pray in the Spirit, pray in the Spirit. If you can't, we'll just activate that now. Father, I pray for the power of the Holy Ghost to come right now. I pray for your anointing to flow and touch each person that's online, that's watching, that's receiving this message now. Holy Spirit, fall upon them now in Jesus' mighty name. I call forth an activation of speaking in tongues. I call forth a release of a fresh filling of the Holy Ghost. Be filled in Jesus' name. 
Be filled with the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. I call forth a fresh filling upon your life right now. I call forth joy to come over your life right now. Thank you, Lord. There's joy flowing into people's hearts right now. Now, in Jesus' name, I activate the prophetic gift. I call forth a release of the gift of prophecy, the gifts of word and knowledge, and the gifts of healing in the people watching right now. In Jesus' name, I activate that gift. One, two, three. Power of God touch you right now where you are. I release and activate those gifts. Father, I ask now for doors of opportunity to open for prophesying, for words of knowledge, for healing, and for deliverances. Father, touch and work through people. I pray specifically right now for people whose gifting was shut down through some church drama, some disappointment. In Jesus' name, I come against that demonic assignment. I command you, release them now. Spirit of fear, go in Jesus' name. Now, Lord, we release your presence over people right now. Father, touch them. Let that anointing rest on them right now where they are. I just see some people getting filled with the Holy Ghost. I see other people, and you can't even stand on your feet right now. That joy, <laughs> that laughter is just flowing all over you right now. There's a joy of the Lord coming on you right now. I just see some people just get, I can feel that flow of drunkenness. I feel the Holy Ghost coming on people right now. You're just getting drunk and filled with the Holy Ghost. Filled, filled, filled right now in Jesus' name. Filled, be filled where you are right now in Jesus' name. Oh, my I trust you're going to just enjoy the presence of God right where you are now. Why don't you keep reaching out to him, reaching out to him for a fresh encounter with him. Lord, we cry out for fresh encounters. We cry out, Lord, for fresh encounters. We cry out for an open heaven and fresh encounters, dreams, visions. Lord, you've said in your word in the last days you pour out your spirit, dreams, visions. Lord, I ask right now for the seer gift to be activated. For people to begin to see into the realm of the Spirit. I ask the Lord for people to start to experience encounters with you right now. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. While His presence is here, I encourage you to just stay in that presence. Stay in that atmosphere. Stay in the flow of God's presence right now. Enjoy Him. And do stir up the gift of God within you. God bless.